0: No. Why don't you um, welcome our guests back?
1: Which podcast are we doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> MNT.
1: Oh. Uh, well, folks, welcome back to another episode of M for Maybe, N for Nets, T for Time.
0: I am your host, William, with my co-host Simon. McCormack,
1: Nets Nation. Let me tell you about uh, a vision for our future.
0: <laughs> we are back, as we are each and every unrelenting week, to talk all things uh, Nets <laughs> Nation. Simon, it's the best time of year. It's the off season.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: Um, Yeah. Why, you might ask, dearest, dearest listener, thank you for listening, dearest listener, uh, is the off-season even better than the on-season? Well, quite simply because anything is possible in the off-season, whereas during the regular season you are confronted with a painful, painful dose of reality. Simon, we had two preseason bets. If you'll, if you'll uh, remember back,
1: I, I don't. But but please remind me.
0: First one: Will the Nets get the Golden State Warriors' pick? Top twenty protected. Uh, you had you bet that we would get it. I said that we would not get it. We definitely did not get it. The Warriors ended up being the worst team in the league. The other bet was our preseason bet for how many total wins the Nets would have. This obviously couldn't have, uh, we, we don't know if either of us would have been right, but I will say that if you, uh, if you just play the season out, one is more likely to have happened than the other. You had a 45 win total, for the net, so a a, a pretty big jump up from last season, or, you know, relatively. And I had 40 wins. Mm. Hmm. Do you think we would have hit the 40 40 win threshold? Um, no.
1: I, I think we probably would have had 38 if I had to guess.
0: Right. So, uh, Four less than we had the year before we got two superstars, right? Yes, correct. Okay. So anyway, the off season's here. It's fantasy land. We can dream dreams like Kyrie Irving and KD are going to play every single one of the full eighty-two game season next year and flourish and lead us to the promised land. We can dream about our number 19 draft pick being, like, a Giannis 2.0. We can imagine that Popovich and D'Antoni are going to team up at long last to come co-coach the Nets. Um, And we can have visions of a, you know, 70-plus win season next year. Yeah. Uh, What are you most excited about for the offseason, Simon?
1: Um, great question I am Very excited to see if we trade for a third star I'm very excited to see Even if we don't um, Whether we can add some um, As you'll see in our um, Theme coming up If we can add some, some grit And grind uh, And I'm most excited About our our coach Although that could quickly turn to Dismay I guess all of that could turn to dismay
0: Right. But But none of it has to for the next like two and a half months when we don't have to talk about anything that in any way correlates to any objective reality, which is certainly uh, the best way to live as a Nets fan. Um, And we will get into all of the big decisions of the offseason very, very soon. But before that, Simon, I wanted to go to a place that we have grown very comfortable in as the season has progressed. It's a little corner I like to call KD's Corner. Oh, great. I can't wait. All right. I'm just going to read a quote to you from an interview that he recently did. And I want your reaction, okay? Okay. Kevin Durant says... I still have burners I use for sure. I have a burner Twitter account now. When people use that burner account against me, they only thought I was on there to talk shit. I was really indulging in a lot of different communities on burners. When I deleted it, I was like, these people really made me delete something that I enjoy, which is my burner account. So I got another. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm going to give you three options for your reaction to that quote, Simon. Big deal, huge deal, or not a deal at all. Um
1: I think not a big deal. I, I think that I think that that's that's just sort of par par for the course. Um what I'm curious about is do you think that he in he does genuinely enjoy Burner account back and forth or is that sort of what he tells the world so that they aren't concerned that he's um, you know hypersensitive and obsessed with his image and can't let anything go
0: yeah I, I would love to, to know what some of the different communities he's involved in <laughs> do you think he's into to uh to LARPing?
1: Yeah, I could definitely see KD as a LARPer. Ooh, there's water in that.
0: What do you think, uh, what sort of medieval LARP role do you think he would play? <laughs> a wizard or something?
1: Yes, def- that's exactly right. Right, big, just like tall, this tall, spin- skinny,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, he'd be a great wizard.
1: And, and kind of like has and his goatee. He has um, he has kind of a scholarly sort of like he speaks cryptically sometimes he's, he's perfect for a wizard
0: yeah no I he has he has strong strong wizard vibes honestly <laughs> um.
1: <laughs>
0: did, did you see
1: William um, he possibly in that same interview but recently he was just talking with people on like a boardroom podcast or something. And they were so – one of the guests was talking about um, – he was like, you know, you have KD and you have um, Michael Jordan and LeBron. And he's talking about like these like, you know, obviously very, very um, high-profile players. And then he's like – and you got d coming up and KD goes, who? Oh, And the guy's, no. like, and the guy's like, Damian Lillard. Uh, which I've never heard referred to as D low, but but you know you got Damian Lillard coming up, and D- and and Kevin Durant was like, oh oh yeah okay yeah D- Dame's got some you know like he was like, calm down, but
0: wow yeah. no I yeah. hadn't heard that harsh well,
1: yeah well and you, as you'll recall there was the whole um, anonymously sourced but nonetheless probably true thing about him demanding that the Warriors give up more. So that he you know in in that completely pretty much fictitious trade for D'Angelo for Durant,
0: right, 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 like
1: that's how they got that top twenty protected pick was that that Kevin Durant was very uncomfortable with being in a trade, for yes, D'Angelo. he did
0: not want to be perceived as anywhere even in the vicinity of a D'Angelo Russell, yeah. Which, yeah, you know, in his defense, he isn't. They're by no means comparably good players. Um, one of them did help lead the Nets to f- more wins than the other, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that is—I knew there was going to be. You know, that's objectively true. Here's a here's a biting comment, though.
0: No, I'm I'm. Not- it, one thing I'm gonna do, just like I mean, I know this is gonna ring kind of hollow because I've said this, I said basically all season that I'm going, I'm, I'm gonna convince myself to get behind the the KD Kyrie Nets, you know, and finally mm-hmm. embrace it and 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 uh, rejoice in what will no doubt be um, a series of rings coming our way. But Mm -hmm. this offseason, Simon, I'm determined I am going to be monomaniacally optimistic about next season.
1: (laughs) (laughs) William, have you started a stand up career?
0: (laughs) Um, All right. So, speaking of offseason, we're talking, we're going to use Alex Schiffer, friend of the podcast. Alex Schiffer's 8 Big Decisions article he wrote for The Athletic as a jumping-off point to talk about what he perceives, and I think we also uh, agree, are eight of the bigger questions sort of looming over the Nets this offseason. Are you ready to delve into Nets Arcana here?
1: I'm ready.
0: All right. First big decision to sign or not to sign three and D wing extraordinaire Joey buckets. Yeah. Uh, what do you think?
1: Um, definitely, uh, definitely. I mean, as, as I've said, um, I think all Nets fans should be pulling to sign Joe Harris. You aren't going to be paying the luxury tax bill. That's up to Joe Psy. Joe Psy has $15 billion. He'll be okay whether he signs Joe Harris or not. Financially, um, and it just, even if you're going to trade him, um, you need to have him on your team if you're going to trade him. Otherwise, he just goes away for nothing. And beyond that, there's a lot of questions as we'll get into with some of these other with some of these other uh, big decisions, but Joe Harris seem, seemingly fits beautifully with with Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. He's the perfect player that will suck a defender out to him, provide plenty of space for uh, Kyrie and KD to operate, and doesn't require the ball very much at all. In addition to which, he's gotten even better this year. I think he didn't shoot three-pointer as well but he's gotten much better at driving he's a he's a decent passer he's just like a pretty pretty much when he touches the ball like good things happen offensively
0: i think he's a perfect fit beside these guys as you said uh and yeah it's not our money why do we care that said how much money do you think it's going to take
1: <laughs> good question cuz he so, is
0: going to be uh, you know he uh, he occupies if his defense were slightly better it would be he would be even more valuable but still his shooting alone not to mention his better off the ball movement as you said this year his ability to finish at the rim put the ball on the floor you can actually dribble a bit anyway the, those are extremely valued skills right now uh yeah. so he could cash in, especially in a free agent class that is um, rumored to be pretty, pretty weak.
1: Yes. So I just want to say that it's, it's, I I think it will be annoying if we have to keep trying, if we have to try to say like, well, with the salary cap, we'll be coming down. Like what, you know what I mean? Like, we don't know what's going to happen with that, but let's just assume for the sake of simplicity, (laughs) At least for my, what I'm about to say here, that like things are basically the same, right? Money is the same as it is now.
0: Fine, Uh, fine with me. Fine with me. Okay, thank you. Um, (laughs) We'll we'll bring in the actuarial chart after you're done and and piece it together.
1: Exactly. So, thank you. So, um, I I would guess on the low end, twelve million, and on the high end, maybe sixteen million. Maybe 20 million at the highest end. Like 20 million is a lot.
0: 20, um, 20 million is a lot.
1: Um, so that would make me, I mean, you know, again, it's not our money, but I would be pretty, that would kind of make me nervous about things if you sign for 20. But I think that the Nets, if I had to guess, I would say the Nets will try to go longer in years and lower in annual number. Um, so maybe like, Fifty million for four years, so a little bit over twelve million, but for four years, um, that would be quite a lot more money than Joe Harris has ever seen. Um, and I think, barring an injury, and Joe has been very um, durable, um, but barring an injury, a very tradable contract. If we ever we're, you know, felt like we should move off him,
0: so another guy i want to i want to ask where you think in terms of just in 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 an attempt to try to get a realistic salary with the caveat that everything could change and all of this could be completely uh, irrelevant if if things radically change but if we're going on the premise that things are relatively the same what do you think who do you think is a more valuable player joe harris or buddy healed <laughs>
1: Yeah, good good question. I I would say Joe Harris
0: because Buddy Heald just signed a four year ninety four million dollar contract. So that's like an average of twenty three million dollars a year.
1: Yeah. Yes, um, not a good sign. I, I I just but so I don't know. I must admit I don't really know much about Buddy Heal. You know far more about him than I do. But to me, um. He's younger than Joe Harris, right?
0: He's 20, going to be 27, so oh. they're not that different in age.
1: Yikes. I, I don't know. That just from what I know of Buddy Heal, that seems like quite a lot of money.
0: It does seem like a little bit of an overpay, doesn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, for somebody who basically does what Joe Harris does but has, I don't know, I, maybe he is as good as Joe Harris, but that, that seems like a lot
0: yeah I, I I definitely think that regardless of what happens to the cap the salaries are going to be slightly more conservative in any mm-hmm. case this year so I, I agree that I don't think it's going to be much north of 20 million but <laughs> and especially it's it's like a very specific team is going to be wanting to go after Joe Harris, right? Like you want Joe Harris on a team that is competing today. Like, you don't, you don't want, you don't need Joe Harris on, uh, the Atlanta Hawks. Right. Um, so those teams in general are already, if you're competing, going to be in general, Close to the cap, if not above the cap, so aren't going to have a huge amount of money to throw around anyway. Um, So that could help (laughs) in the bidding process, unless Joe Harris is just like I am a mercenary now, and any whoever is going to throw the most money my way, I'll take it. And like you know, a team say like the Hawks or with cap space signs him. And knowing that, you know, he's they, they're not going to keep him, but maybe they can, it'd be easier to move him in a trade or something like that, and Joe is just going to get paid.
1: Yeah, totally. And I, I would also add that for teams that are do have cab space um, and are not super ready to, to compete now, I feel like a lot of those teams are your small market teams who have owners like who are in, I don't know, shopping malls or, um, you know, various sort of not doing very
0: well in <laughs> industry. Right. In Landry Seafood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do you think that there's a realistic chance that Joe Harris could sign a bigger contract than either Dinwiddie or Levert?
1: Um, I think that's definitely a possibility. I think it will be more than Dinwiddie, but I think he's more valuable than Dinwiddie.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think on this team he's definitely going to be more valuable than Karis LeVert.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: But um, you know, Mark saying it's his his number 1 priority in the offseason is is telling that uh, they really want him and I would imagine he would be reluctant to make a statement like that unless I guess unless he was confident that Josiah was on board for going pretty well into the luxury techs, or if it's a weird sort of, like, pressure move where he is is trying to uh, normalize the idea <laughs> that right. that he's an essential, essential piece of the team. Right. All right. So let's move on to point two of uh, the bi- eight big decisions. Number two is... The topic that you and me seem uh, incapable of not talking about (laughs) each and every unrelenting week. And that is who the next dang coach of this squad is going to be, Simon. Yeah. Um, BetOnline.ag. I think it's based in Antigua. (laughs) Um. Anyway, Bet Online has issued new odds for who the next coach is going to be. I believe Jacques Vaughn is the most likely followed by Ty Lu, followed by Popovich.
1: Yes, correct.
0: Followed by Jason Kidd. Mm. Um and Mark Jackson. Yeah. I'm not sure where Dantoni falls in there, but I'm sure he exists in there. Other fun names on the list, John Calipari. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I'd love to see uh, boomerang back to the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says uh, going to be a good NBA coach like having one of the most storied careers of corruption in the NCAA. <laughs> that guy's been forced to give back more rings than some of the greatest coaches uh, have have in, like, win totals.
1: Yeah. Do you think that his pitch is, like... Yeah. After I'm done here, you'll have to give back some titles, but you won't have to give back the money that I bring in.
0: Right. Just know that before my reentry into the NBA <laughs> there wasn't a massive NBA debilitating referee scandal on our hands. Okay. Right,
1: hey, right. The the Nike reps can operate above board <laughs> in the NBA.
0: Yeah. Um, no, that's a fun name. I like Call of Party, by the way. I'm not I'm not actually <laughs> I think his Kentucky team is a joy. Any team. he's coach is always a joy to watch. They have ridiculously good players all the time. Um, but anyway, what, what do you, we have? We have spoken quite a bit about the coach and who it may be. Where are you at now? Especially now that more and more positions open up, uh, McMillan of the, of the Pacers was fired. Yes. um, Brett Brown has been fired. I think we probably already mentioned that, but the, the the coaches are following. The number of positions are opening up. I would say the the Sixers' job is similar to ours in terms of desirability for a coach. It's sort of a win now organization looking for a win now coach. Uh, but where where's your where's your head out?
1: Well, I think one of the things that I have um, sort of come to grips with lately is that. After about two names, I start to become very nervous. So after Greg Popovich, which I think would be good, um, Ty Lu, which I think would be good. After that, it's like, ooh, I don't know. Like if Mike D'Antoni becomes available, I would be happy to have him. But after that, it's like, we maybe should have just kept Kenny Atkinson. Like, after that, it's Jacques Vaughn. It's Jason Kidd. It's Mark Jackson. It's...
0: Jeff uh, Van Gundy.
1: Jeff Van Gundy. Like, all of those people, I would be extremely trepidatious about having our coach. So it's Mm -hmm. a very short list of people that I would be particularly comfortable with. I actually don't know much about Nate McMillan. I'd be curious what our Portland buddies think about him, but... I do think that's Why a guy. our
0: part? he was a Pacers he was the Pacers coach.
1: No, I know, but he used to be the coach of the Trailblazers. Oh, okay. One. Um, I think his schtick is kind of like good regular season record, bad postseason record. Uh,
0: um, yeah, and and I think defense. He's he's a defensive oriented coach.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I think that that's a guy that like I wouldn't hate. I think he would be an improvement on Kenny. Um, again certainly not sure that he's like who KD or Kyrie would want but like we're starting to get with these with these latest round of firings we're starting to get closer and closer to people who are like not bad coaches you know what I mean mm-hmm. like Hoyland or whatever no one is looking for but like a McMillan a maybe a Brett Brown but if and if D'Antoni would you rather
0: have Brett Brown or or Jack Vaughn
1: uh Brett Brown honestly I I I would, and I don't want either of them really. But I think Brett Brown, the fact that I think the thing coming out is like what did uh, um, I forget what player on the Sixers said this, but was like we need accountability mm-hmm. in the locker room, yeah. and that Brett Brown is just like too too nice a guy. That's worrying, for sure. But I think. I, my read on the Sixers, and I, again, don't know too much about them, but my read on the Sixers is, like, they—he's—Brett Brown, I think, is the fall guy for some truly horrible um, front office decisions that were made, particularly last year. Um, and, but he's a flawed guy. I, I mean, I, I don't really want Brett Brown, but I still think he has a better track record. Enjoy.
0: Yeah, Josh. Josh Richardson's the guy who said that, and that—that's what I I have heard quite a lot too. He basically, you know, the the anecdote of him saying he wants Ben Simmons to shoot one uh, three pointer a game, and Ben Simmons saying, "Yeah, I'll take one this season." <laughs> and you know, just not and and you can just imagine um, how that goes with KD and Kyrie.
1: Exactly, two players that have actually won. Right. And and have even more of a like fuck you
0: attitude. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's nerve wracking with with the number of, of openings. We we we're now done, so there's no more excuse. Like we're waiting until the end of the season uh, to re- you know giving Jock a chance, et cetera, et cetera. They need to start. They need to act and act fast. I guess Tai Lu has said he won't. He, he wants seven million a year. Right.
1: Do you find it really weird that – and I feel like the same thing played out when he almost was the Lakers coach and then that fell apart where like his agent or whoever seems to just be like going through extremely public negotiations via the media on all – like, you know exactly where he stands, like, up to the minute via, like, various media reports. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever seen that before where it's like, he wants $7 million, but he takes five? Right. Like, what is going on here?
0: He wants seven for three or five for five.
1: Right, exactly. It's it's very strange. They'll do a
0: six point two for eight, but you've really got to negotiate on that. one.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. And then and then it's like, and he he is expecting an offer from the Nets, but he's intrigued by the Sixers, and he's maybe less intrigued by the by the Pelicans, but kind of on the like it just like wow, this is transparent.
0: Um, yeah, I I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting soon. We should have an answer relatively soon. I feel like.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like Do action you... has to happen fast.
1: Yeah, totally. And and I and I know we're going all, all long on this point, but just one quick thing that I thought I have to give our rival podcast, the Blue Guys, a little bit of credit, which is that um I the Popovich thing, while well, that would be exciting for a number of reasons, and maybe he's. I think he is maybe the best coach in terms of, like, someone that Katie and Kyrie would respect and listen to, Mm -hmm. perhaps. Yeah. Um, I do think that it's fair to describe signing him as a Nixian move, Um, Mm. like going after the name who's, like, older and, like, you know, I, I, I think Nets fans should kind of, even if we do do that, and maybe this is just, like, It's ridiculous to think about because it's not going to happen. But, like, we should still be – there's still reason to worry if we sign Popovich because, like, it would be a third person that I I would – on our team who I would be like, is he going to have a press conference? Like, it's another guy who, like, doesn't really need the Nets for anything. Right. And could easily – I could easily just see him being like, well, you know – Honestly, Katie and Kyrie are a headache. I don't really want to deal with this. Goodbye.
0: Right. And that was the point that Alex Schiffer made on our podcast. Go back, check it out. Two podcasts ago. Great interview. uh, Where he said, you know, Popovich has obviously a sterling reputation. uh, One of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest, in the NBA. But he has always worked with... (laughs) really uh, professional stars, right? Tim Duncan is like the consummate good teammate, good franchise guy. Um, Mano Ginobili, Tony Parker, all of these guys were really bought in. And that whole culture of the sports uh, Spurs organization was really bought in. He's never really dealt with a capricious, let's say superstar, like Kyrie, (laughs) or KD, <laughs> except for uh, Kawhi Leonard, and that ended extremely badly, uh, where they had to trade him away for, in a very lopsided trade um, ended acrimoniously. So, oh, yeah, oh, I don't know that he's... before that, but... Pardon me?
1: They did get a championship
0: together before that. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, but that was when he was very... That was sort of pre-him being a full-blown superstar. hmm all right, third point, and this we can be very brief on, how much will Joe Sai spend? Uh, big decision, big question. I have no insight into this, and Simon, I'm guessing you don't either. Let's say we both hope sincerely that he spends whatever it takes.
1: Yes, absolutely. And he has said that he's willing to, to pay into the luxury tax, but um, yes, remains to be seen how much or whether that's true.
0: Right. Uh, trade for a third star? Mm-hmm. Where are you at where where are you at with that today?
1: Oh William, thank you for the cue. Um I am as um ambivalent as ever, but um I think kind of where I'm where I'm still sort of trending after watching those playoffs especially is like I, I really the more I think about it, the more I really think if we're going to do that it needs to be somebody who's good at defense.
0: Like, um, Joel Embiid good?
1: <laughs> yeah, I would love Joel Embiid. I would love Joel Embiid.
0: What about Ben Simmons?
1: I would love Ben Simmons. They're
0: both incredible at defense.
1: Yeah, I I would love I, either of those. I mean, that would be, that well, would be unbelievable.
0: Would you do Jarrett, Dinwiddie, and Levert for either of those guys? Yeah, of course. Yeah, me too, in a heartbeat.
1: I would trade Kyrie. Um... And you could probably talk me into trading Kevin Durant.
0: I have I have honestly, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna save it for for later in our in our theme part. But a fantasy of mine is doing a KD Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan swap for Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. And then we just surround Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons with guys like Dinwiddie, Levert. Joe Harris, uh, all the guards we have, TLC. We have, a, we have a, no shortage of guards on our team, uh, yeah. which is exactly the type of people they need. Tyler Johnson around, around those two guys. Um, I, I think there's basically a 0% chance of that happening, but kind of fun to imagine.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, next point, next big decision, whether to extend Jared Allen.
1: Yeah, that's a biggie.
0: <laughs> you think they're going uh,
1: to? I don't. I don't think they're going to. I think that Jarrett made things very difficult for Sean Marks and Josiah with his play in the bubble. Um, because he was really good. He was not totally bullied in ways he has in the been in the past. And... Uh, I don't know, man. I, I you know, I think it's very tough. Again, that is something that we should want as Nets fans. We should want him to be extended. We don't pay the, the luxury tax, but um, you know, I, I think it's a, it's very tough. And I think it's interesting to see. They could just do the one year, you know, of of Jarrett, and maybe not, you know, not not trade him. Say, you know, look, we we might not get anything for him, but. You know, it gives us a one year of of having good quality play at the at the center position for very cheap.
0: Yeah, it's amazing um, what not having to deal with deandre jordan doing that pre-game ritual where he like forces jared (laughs) allen to let him brush his shoulders off and things like that And this really in retrospect knowing that under the surface the tension was just simmering because deandre jordan and everyone else i mean his friends thought he should be starting and that he would do that little ritual before every game you could just see how uncomfortable jared allen was and with good reason (laughs) the most powerful people on the team resented that he was playing above their friend um so freed of that yes he flourished as he did before um deandre jordan was around uh that said yeah i don't i don't really really fully understand the um i mean i think i i think jared allen's a really good center and we could probably get him on a good contract i don't know that that he necessarily wants to keep going in this current role you'd think he might have ambitions of a clearer runway to starterdom
1: yeah what what do you think would be an extension of jared what do you think the numbers are
0: i don't know i think that There's sort of increasing evidence that unless you're like a Joel Embiid or Jokic type center, um, you can't be the thing around which a team builds and that you can find a good enough backup for not a huge amount of money. So I would bet that it would be something close to, you know, Karras's.
1: Whoa that's huge. 17 million. That's, that's massive to me.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: Cause I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's like, um, Capella money. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking more like 10, I was thinking more like a DeAndre contract, a deserved DeAndre contract of like 10 million for four years, hmm. 10 million each. for
0: four years. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, he's very, very young. Still. He's 22 He's the, he's gotten, you know, shown improvement every season. He's been a starter for a few years. Just seems like you know, fifteen million ish is a reasonable number, but I don't I don't really have any idea what I'm talking about when I'm t- <laughs> when I'm saying these things. Yeah. Uh, all right. Which rotation players should the Nets bring back? Mm. Uh, Tyler Johnson, Chris Chioza, TLC. Justin Anderson, too. There's others. Uh, Martin. There was a Martin in there. Martin, there was yeah. a Danta Hall. Yeah. Uh, any of those names jumping off the page?
1: Uh, Kurooks. Well, I guess bring back. Kurooks right.
0: is still going to be around. Moose is going to be around.
1: Um, so I would say with a lot of those guys, with the TLCs, who has kind of grown on me, I have to say. He's kind of – like he's like a song that you hear on the radio in your car that you first hate mm-hmm. and hear it so much and you're like, this is good. I right. Maybe it's because I've heard it 7,000 times and I can't escape it, but this is good. Fine. Yeah,
0: that's how I feel about Van Morrison.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, Van Morrison, exactly. I've she spent, is... I spent,
0: I spent decades of my life writing Van Morrison off, and now I hear a song and I'm like, wow, what a plangent voice that man has.
1: <laughs> Hillary's a big Van Morrison fan, I believe. Um, yeah. So, so anyway, I think with all of those, well, Tyler Johnson, I don't think we should have. I don't think Tyler Johnson. Why?
0: Because he's going to cost too much.
1: No. I just don't think he's good enough.
0: If you I, I, if you free him up to play that mid-range game that he knows and loves, Simon,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he can be a devastating in the bubble player. <laughs>
1: I just I uh,
0: If I if you could get if you could get TLC and Tyler Johnson on a vet minimum, those would be my two my two picks for guys to bring back.
1: Okay. Okay, I would say I would say TLC and maybe Chioza.
0: Yeah. What was your favorite bubble Chris Chioza moment?
1: (coughs) Good question. I don't have one.
0: I had I had strong, strong. Sorry, I'm trying to kill this moth. Strong. Oh, I did. Wow. Amazing. Uh, I had really strong. Overwhelmingly powerful. End of season, Chioza feelings. Yeah, as many Nets fans did, I thought that he was a an incredible passer. Uh, really activated the offense every time he was on the floor. Uh, the bubble did very very little to uh, maintain that impression of Chioza. He's also Simon. I think he's five foot nine. 9? Yeah, maybe 5'11. At the very most he's 5'11. Yeah. Well, you know, and I'm not trying to height shame him. Right. But that's you have to be transcendently good <laughs> to be that size in the NBA. Like defensively, you're just automatically going to be awful. Um, so on the offense, you really have to be good. And I just don't see Chris Chioza as being that quite that good.
1: Yeah, I think that's, look, I, I, I think that's fair. I, I can take or leave all these guys. I'm not, I would not be heartbroken with it, with any of them not being on the team. And I also have like, you know, I, I have perhaps an overinflated sense of this, but I, I think that in my head, the Nets could be home to like players who are better than minimum contracts who are ring hunting. Um, so like I have this fantasy of Avery Bradley signing for like the, um, what are the mid-level exception or whatever?
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I could see, I could definitely see some much better veteran guards coming and playing like a George Hill type.
1: Right. Well, yeah. I mean, yes. E- even I, that's a fantasy that I, I mean, a kill. Um, <laughs> that guy is sometimes good. Um, no, but yeah. So, 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 so like if any of these people are not on the team, I would be fine. But, um, yeah, I, I guess this would be my picks, but I, I guess I'd be fine with Tyler Johnson. I'm just a little wary of, yes, the mid-rangey
0: reliance yeah i think tlc would probably be my number one vet minimum guy that's on the team right now (coughs) um which brings us to the who to use the mid-level exception on you Mm -hmm. named avery bradley any other names come to mind uh
1: crowder jake crowder who i've talked about before
0: i've heard marvin williams bandied about
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know anything about
0: him. So I was just watching a little bit of the Bucks game before we got on. Marvin Williams would be really, really good. I think he's about 6'9". Mm-hmm. And a very, very, very credible three-point shooter. Like, teams okay. have to respect him. And perfectly fine defensively. I think can guard basically two through four. Okay. Um, that so great. that's – yeah, exactly. The, the Very – type of player we would be looking for and i think john hollinger maybe was the one who mentioned that as as someone the net should be interested in all right last thing we have two currently two draft picks uh the 19th pick and the 55th pick Mm -hmm. um give me your top five names for the 55th pick simon (laughs) uh no do you think we'll use either of those picks
1: Oh, I hope so, William. I, I kind of don't. I, I would say I would bet that, I mean, maybe the 55th pick. I mean, that'll just be somebody that doesn't play for us. But, um, but like, maybe Kenyon Martin's son. That'd be exciting. Um, oh, but, right. But, uh, but um, no, I, I would be really excited to get – there's a ton of Wings – that that are like listed on various mocks in and around that 19th pick range that I think would be really exciting. I mentioned to you city Bay, yes, um, as an option. But there's a bunch of those exact like three and wing type players. Um, so I would love to see us fill that need via a young player on a good contract, but. I you know I I kind of the way the winds are blowing as you've talked about doesn't seem like we're keeping our picks these days.
0: No no no, but I would love yes uh, like you I would love us to draft someone anyone. I know nothing about college basketball or who's in this draft class. I learn, you know, I read a few articles about who the Nets are going to pick before it happens. They inevitably don't pick anyone that's ever been mentioned in any of those articles, um, <laughs> you and then. Call?
1: claxton i mean you mentioned nick
0: claxton. i did i did mention nick claxton i'm still thrilled with claxton it might be my actual favorite net i know i i, I big uh, wilson chandler up quite a lot but i'm actually <laughs> a bigger fan of tyson uh sorry of nick claxton um but let's get to the convention season simon
1: great
0: so this is our special theme of the week it's as everyone no doubt knows convention season uh, we've got the had the DNC last week and the RNC this week. Simon, how much have you watched of either one of those?
1: I have not watched any of it. I have seen people sort of talking about some of it mm-hmm. the, of both parties, but I have not watched a not to toot my own horn, but I have not watched just like solid segments of the you know what i mean like watched like hours of convention coverage absolutely
0: yes i too have not seen a single instant of either convention though i'm sure they're both inspiring uh we though in the spirit of convention season are going to present our nets party platforms right yeah is that more or less what we're trying to do here yes Okay. Do you would you like to present your platform first?
1: Yes, William, I thank you. I would like to see a Nets team that comes together that combines <laughs> the That embodies hope and hope. prosperity. Across the Nets nation. <laughs> I I would like to see a Nets team that combines the um, the selfless play of the bubble Nets with the talent of the regular Nets that finds a way through trade, through whatever it takes to um, be a team that, Uh, other teams fear playing because of how tenacious and physical we are. Uh, and one that shoots the hell out of the three ball. That's my,
0: all right. You you got my vote. (laughs) Thank you. All right. My vision, Simon, it includes KD reasserting himself as one of the best players in the league comes in as a top three MVP voting candidate next season. We've got your Kyrie Irving playing well over 70 games. <laughs> we trade Karras for a defensive minded player in the, in the mold of an Aaron Gordon or a Drew Holiday. We keep Joe Harris. We keep Spencer Dinwiddie, and we extend Jared Allen. So, solidarity amongst longtime and beloved Nets. <laughs> Uh, DeAndre Jordan, we have a we have a culture of accepting one's role, where DeAndre Jordan accepts his role as a bench player.
1: Okay.
0: We re-sign beloved bench members like TLC and Tyler Johnson, <laughs> and we find suitors for for nets who have gone sort of the sale-by date, such as Jean and Musa mm. and Rodion's Mm. Ooh,
1: Rodion's is on the trade block for you.
0: Yes, yes, yes. That's my platform. Okay. It's a rosy picture. It will result in a similar situation that you say. But, you know, we, we theoretically have a team talented enough, uh, especially in the East, to flirt with 60 wins i think
1: wow william that is you really are you're swallowing your mantra
0: i mean no if if, if we have a team with the talent to do that that mm-hmm. that i'm not saying that you know there's any evidence that the, that talent will be organized and deployed in a way that will do it but yeah we have the we have the talent to do that don't you think
1: I don't know. I mean, I I think that I'm always sort of shocked by how good, like, how much talent other teams have. Like, I I do think of the Nets, and if I think of them, like, without thinking of other teams, I'm like, wow, we've got great shooters, we've got ball handlers, we've got, um, you know, people like Jared Allen who are versatile, who can switch. Um, But then I'm like, oh, yeah, but then we'd have, like... Miami is a really tough team. We could be playing them in like yeah, but, but like,
0: like I was just thinking of Miami. So that's you know third best team in the West or sorry the East right now, and their two best players Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Are, you know if KD comes back whole and Kyrie is is not injured, uh, we could have our two best players could both be better than their their best player and second best player.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think you and I would both much rather have Bam. Um, than Kyrie. Yeah. Uh, and I would definitely— And make, Jimmy
0: Butler, yeah, yeah, and Jimmy Butler. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: but I mean—but, yeah, but, but potentially, I mean, it, off, offensively, definitely Kyrie is better than both of them. Kyrie can score—or can shoot much better than, than both of them. Oh, but, good um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just—I I, 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 I feel weird being on the other end of this, but— but um,
0: this is not me saying we're going to be a 60-win team.
1: No, 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 I understand. But I, I, I even, you know, in the, the the talent realm, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough because I think that we just saw such an overachieving bubble team. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much of that is because, like, everyone bought in because they're in the situation to, to buy in. And credit due to Jacques Mon and the players for buying in. But, like. You just saw those play. Like, are those players really that good, or were they just like in a perfect situation where like they can shoot just as much as any other player, except except Karis. It was like Karis show, but once they double Karis, like anyone could shoot. You, if you're the open person, you shoot it. Right. And like, um, you know, on defense, which kind of cratered towards the end of the playoffs, but like in the
0: (laughs) you mean when we gave up 155 points.
1: 150 is not good D, um, in my estimation, Williams as, as a hoops guru, um, <laughs> a hoops head. But, but in the in the bubble, we played, I think, decent defense. Um, and you know, it's just like, but so I just wonder how much of that is is talent, because to me, yes, if you look at the bubble nets, and you're like, shit, that team went like five and three, and and you know, almost won a game against the Raptors, and they didn't have, like. Nine tenths of nine of their best ten players, or something, or I don't know, that's maybe that's a bit much, but you know, like many of their best players. Um, that's a really talented team, but I'm not sure if it's like situational more than talent. That was a long winded explanation.
0: No, no, I hear you, I hear you. Um, all right, well, Simon, I'm sure anyone who's still listening is probably <laughs> thinking what I just heard. Deserve six stars, but since I'm only allowed five, I'd like to give them at least that many. Yeah. So do that, and then follow us at the following places, and submit mailbag questions to the following places that Simon will tip you off to.
1: Yes, that's right, folks. Go to, maybe that's time, at gmail.com. Thoughts, questions, concerns, mailbags. Uh, and you can also hit us up um, on Twitter Instagram and Facebook at Maybe Net time Do we have a Tiki Talkie yet?
0: Um no, but we're working on it. We have hey. a we have a lot of fun video ideas.
1: <laughs> yes. We've got that youthful energy that Tiki Talk craves.
0: <laughs> we know how it works.
1: Yeah
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I do have I do have it. The app downloaded on my phone, but I don't know. I don't. I don't think that requires you to have a profile. I don't think you have like a traditional profile, but I don't really. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. But we'll have one soon. Okay, great. And and Twitch and other things as well. Um, All right. Well, thank you so so very much for listening to another episode of uh, Maybe. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long